This is a Life School podcast, episode number 186. People are dropping out of ministry at an alarming rate, and society is fleeing the traditional church in droves. Today, we're going to talk about reimagining what the church, ministry, and life as a child of God can actually be like with our friend and author, Nick Harding. Welcome to the Life School Podcast, where each week you'll learn how to live with greater intentionality and an integrated faith that naturally fits into every area of life. This is the stuff that your parents, teachers, and pastors forgot to tell you. I'm Heath Hollinsby, here with your host, Caesar Kalinowski. Hey, man. How are you doing today? Doing great, man. What are you up to? I am loving what's going on with our Facebook group. We're, we're huh. kind of... Like I feel like we're doing life on life with more and more of the listeners. Right? Yeah. So if, you know, I, just, I have to say right at the heads, thank you to everybody yeah. who shows up and goes deep. And I, I especially love when I jump on. There's a huge conversation that I missed, but everybody's been diving in with killer answers. And yeah, that's super exciting when it's like it's not the Caesar and Heath show, but people are actually going, "Why?" Well, tried this and it worked and you actually see people yeah i hope when people are listening they realize that you and i are on the same exact journey as everybody else we're sharing what we're learning uh we may have a little clock to get a cool guest on once in a while like today Mm -hmm. um but uh yeah i love that going on so i am right now inclined to do like my best british accent (laughs) because we're going to jump on here with nick in just a second but i've hung out with nick a lot he's from liverpool and he's amazing uh but i have um been told by my british friends that my seemingly awesome british accent is completely not anything British. So I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to embarrass myself, right? All right, Um, man. Yeah, so, um, yeah, we're going to be on here in just a second with Nick, Nick Harding. Uh, Let me just tell you a little bit about this guy, okay? Yeah, please. So I met Nick through uh, 3DM folks and different things we were doing together, learning from each other and how to make disciples make disciples and build out learning communities. And uh, Tina and I went over and, and worked for a couple of years with Nick and a whole bunch of people doing launch. Oh, cool. And many of our listeners have heard of launch. And Nick is uh, a guy, I'll let him tell more of his story in a little while, but he planted what became and still is the largest church in Liverpool, England, as wow. far as I know. Yeah. And then successfully handed it off. Right. But he is just a great guy. And everything he talks about, like we are going to talk about his book, Reimagine Church, quite a bit because it's just come out and it's awesome. I mean, it is so helpful synthesizing things from like our world and launch and some of the 3DM stuff. And then like, I don't know, decades of his own experience. I have spent weeks living in his house. My daughter, Justine's been there. Tina, I've been there many, many times. Hmm. He lives he lives out everything he talks about. That's so cool. Man. He completely does. So another thing, one of those guys you can you can listen to and go like, hey, we don't all know everything about anything, but we're living out what we're talking about at least. We're yeah. trying, you know. So And the thing people don't know is Liverpool is way cooler than it than it appears in the word. You know, like Liverpool, you're like, eh. London oh. London might be like Liverpool might no, be the coolest the city. It's the jam. England, yeah. Yeah, London, once you see like the bridge and, you know, the clock and a few other things, great city, big city, wonderful, good shows. Yeah. Liverpool is where it's at, man. Yeah. Love it. And I know a bunch of our listeners are going to go like, whoa, but what about yeah. Sheffield's great too. Like, it's great. It's all great. I love Liverpool. I could live there in a heartbeat. Anyway. Hey, Nick, thanks for joining us today. Well, it's great to be with you. So, Nick, let's start out by telling our friends and listeners like your two minute version of your story, because I think the journey that God has brought you through and you know, in your life to be doing what you're doing today is pretty amazing. So kind of start back, you know, I don't know, maybe just young in life, you know, before you were, uh, your first profession, I don't want to give too much away. Just tell us like the two minute version of your story. My, my starting point was birth in Nigeria, uh, slightly unusual, 
back to the UK, age of seven, found Jesus at 12 when a friend invited me to a Christian youth camp, not from a Christian home, and just did my rebelling as a teenager by being a Christian in a non-Christian home. That, that was, yeah, that was quite a bit of fun. But at the age of 19, uh, a couple of things happened that were really life-changing experiences for me. One was a summer spent with you through the mission uh, on different missions in Paris and Amsterdam. Uh, and where that DNA for mission and including people into the gospel and and living in community together uh, and also discovering discipleship in that context of being discipled in a community whilst on mission. It was really my first experience of missional community, though I had no idea what that was at the time. And coming coming back from that to Bristol, where I was studying as a medical student and discovering the the early days of what was now called the house church movement. This dozen people in a front room, again, another experience of missional community, you know, the body of Christ interacting, living out life together and being on mission together. And those that sort of DNA of mission and church just grabbed hold of my heart. And I thought, this is what I want to live for. And that's what's got me out of bed for the last 44 years, Caesar. But anyway, after, after those 18 years in that church, uh, the Lord just opened the door for us to take a team, 12 of us, to plant a church in the amazing city of Liverpool, uh, the center of the universe, the promised land. It's a gritty, beautiful city with, you know, all of the normal city problems, but uh, has this great spirit about it, people who just love life. And, you know, you, the thing, moving from the south to the north was amazing. We discovered, actually, people say what they think in the north. You know, down the, in the south of England, where Bristol is, it's, you know, people are, are pretty polite, and you never really know what people are thinking. But Liverpool, you find out pretty quickly, like like about the first ten seconds of a conversation, which is which is quite refreshing to be honest. And I loved it, and I, I couldn't move south again just for that reason alone, to be honest. Let alone the fact of all my family here. But I, I love the north. I love Liverpool. It's a great city. It was a great city to plant a church in. And we started with again, like eighteen years on, twelve people in a front room. It eventually got called Frontline Church, and and grew over the years, over about twenty years, to about a thousand adults and kids. And uh, it's just been a real joy. And, you know, as we've begun to discover some more about this life on mission together and making disciples in the context of community in the last 10 years, uh, that journey has been formational for me, even as a, you know, as an aging pastor, just like going back to school again. That's what it felt like. And rediscovering the joy of mission and discipleship and community all mixed up and integrated. Hey, so Nick, so what personally has been the biggest challenge that you've had at leading the church as people towards this life of discipleship and mission at the same time? There are huge challenges. I guess the first one that comes to mind is consumer mindset. I mean, people, I think of Isaiah, you know, when he responds to the call of God on his life, he says, here I am, send me. And, uh, you know, I, I often think about people rocking up at church these days, their, their kind of mantra is, here I am, feed me. Um, you know, it's a totally different mindset. What, you know, what, not what, you know, your country can do for you, but what can you do for your country? You know, it's this kind of, we're here to make a contribution. And that consumer mindset, which is so part of our Western culture, is deeply ingrained in the mind of many Christians who, in order to, to live that life of discipleship and mission, I have to think, okay, this is not about what I get out of it. It's about what I can put into it knowing that as I do that, I have the greatest joy of anybody I know in terms of living this life, which is an amazing life. And that, to me, also sort of ties into the the next thing, which is about people just don't understand this is the most adventurous, wonderful, joy-filled life that anybody could have. And they just don't get it. They don't see it because they're full of their own concerns and worries and 
And and for those who've been around the block a few times, maybe, you know, as a pastor in the past, I've contributed to this fear of being overwhelmed. You know, what's the pastor going to ask of me now? And so, you know, in terms of engaging individuals, there's that's kind of, let's just hold back. Let's just wait and see. Let's let's protect my my time, my my home, my family, my career. And, you know, that unwillingness to kind of engage and explore and experiment because of that fear, I think that's another big thing that holds individuals back as well. What do you feel is the biggest challenge that you have seen or maybe even experienced at leading the church as an organization toward discipleship as the main mission? From that particular perspective, I think number one would be the inherited model of Sunday-centric church. You know, pastors, vicars, priests who have been raised in the tradition of a particular church where the Sunday service is the centerpiece, rather than saying that's just one and a half hours out of a whole week full of hours where we can be living for Jesus. And, you know, thinking about get, helping people to understand, you know, are you, are you really leading church the way that Jesus would lead church today? What, you know, what, how, does, how did Jesus do things? Does anything about your life in any way resemble, the, you know, the ways of Jesus? And, and people end up measuring the wrong things. They, you know, think about, you know, is my church growing? How many people, bums on seats? You know, have I got a decent building? Is my budget healthy? All that kind of stuff that we're familiar with. Instead of thinking, actually, you know, am I making disciples? You know, the one thing that Jesus asked us to do, to go and make disciples. I mean, you know, his promises, he said he'll build the church. But, you know, and, and we focus on the wrong things. We measure the wrong things. And, you know, to be honest, and I, I, I'm, you know, if I'm true to, if I'm honest to, to my own heart, I know I've, I have fallen into this trap as well. Often the, past, the pastors have needs for approval, success, and significance and so building a church that looks good to the outside world that is maybe even looks successful to other pastors by the way they measure success is also that kind of those those deeper kind of needs that we have that we're not no longer we're not looking to Jesus for them to be met but we're looking to the the way other people perceive us and I think all of, all of that stuff mixed up really just is a real blockage to people leading their churches into a true expression of discipleship and mission I mean, I, I love a great worship service like anybody. And, you know, I think the opportunity to bring teaching into that context is really important. You know, but it, it is just an hour and a half. And, you know, we're told to go into the world, not to huddle in our buildings. And, you know, that's the rest of the week where we live as disciples making disciples. Okay. So the subtitle of your book, this awesome book, Reimagine Church, is Clarify the Win, Escape Busyness, and Fulfill Your True Purpose. Why is this the case? And why do you see those three things as critical if we're going to reimagine and reestablish the workings of the church in our day and times? Yeah, I, I, they're, they're, really, they're really big points in the, each in themselves. And they relate somewhat back to what we've already talked about. But for me, clarifying the win, I think we all want to be winners, you know, but are, are we, you know, are we climbing? Is our ladder against the right wall, that, the ladder we're climbing? Are we aiming for the right things? Are, what, what does a win mean, you know? Does a win mean having a building full of people on a Sunday? Or does a win mean seeing third, fourth, and fifth generations of disciples making disciples in our communities, in our cities? And you know, have, have we got that kind of multiplication mindset, even a movemental mindset towards releasing people into the mission of God around us? So I think clarifying the win, what, what does the win actually look like? And, and uh, how, how do we work towards that win? That's because that becomes a whole different set of questions then. But I think clarifying that and, and having our ladder on the right wall is really important. 
And I think some of us do come to that conclusion, you know, along the journey, actually, am I really aiming at the right things now? So clarifying the wins, big, escaping busyness. I think, you know, 21st century Western culture, busyness is one of the curses that, uh, you know, we, we deal with. And, you know, some, some of us are busy just because we like being busy. Some of us are busy because we think we have to maintain a standard of living and therefore work every hour that God sent. Some of us are busy because we don't want to stop and really examine our own heart. All sorts of reasons why we get busy. But busyness stops us really engaging with God, with the gospel, with the mission that he's called us to. And 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 enjoying people. You know, one of the things I say is, are you enjoying life? You know, if, if, it, if there's no joy in your life, you're probably doing something wrong. And the busyness just sucks the life out of us. And, and again, it keeps us engaged with all the things that, you know, are not the most important things in life. I think of the life of Jesus. I don't see any moment in the way the Gospels are recorded of Jesus living a busy life. I see him living the most fulfilled, rich life, surrounded by people, both people who love God and were learning to follow him and people who didn't know God and wanted to find him. And he seems like he... He lived out of a kind of a place of peace and fulfillment. And it probably ties into the third point because he'd actually ful was fulfilling his true purpose. I love it in where in, in John 17, he says to the, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he says, Father, um, you know, I've completed, I've glorified you by completing the work you gave me to do. Wouldn't it be amazing if at the end of our lives we could say, Father, I thank you. I've completed the work you gave me to do. And what did he have? He didn't have a Bible school. He didn't even have a church. He didn't have a building. He just had a bunch of disciples who were ready to change the world. And, you know, it, but he didn't do that. There was no sense of busyness or rush or hurry in his life at all. But that fulfilling the true purpose, obviously, ties into all that we've said about disciple making. And there are two questions I like to ask people, Caesar, you know, around this is, um, you know, around that true purpose. One is, you know, to whom has God called you? Because God places every single one of us amongst a group of people who don't yet know Jesus. And if we're pastors, we need to find where that place is because we can't spend every hour of the day just hanging out with staff and Christians. We we are called also to a group of people, maybe our neighborhood, maybe, you know, a, a gym where we go to get exercise. There will be people that God calls us to. So to whom are we called? And the second question is, with whom? are we called? Who is that family, that community on mission together that makes this journey a great joy and where we share in each other's gifts and contributions to that mission? So finding your true purpose is about answering those two questions, I think. And you know, for me, uh, it is the greatest joy. I, out of all the things I do, you know, traveling nationally, working with churches and leaders, the thing that I most enjoy, and it's not because I'm a natural extrovert or a particularly confident person, I'm I'm both introverted and by nature shy. But the thing that gives me the greatest joy is following that trail of breadcrumbs, allowing the Holy Spirit to lead me in my day-to-day -day life to find the people of peace. And, uh, you know, that that is the greatest joy. Jesus sent his disciples out to find those people of peace. You know, just in the last couple of weeks, we've just had a, a young guy move in with Jenny and I. He said, look, you know, we love to have you live with us, but if you live with us, it's it's about being on the journey of finding Jesus and growing in your followership of Jesus. And he said, yeah, that, that's what I want. And this 26-year-old guy is just so hungry. And it's just a joy to 
be investing in his life. Your book is filled in each chapter with some really practical steps. I love that. It's You're definitely not leaving anyone guessing on what's next. And the book has, I think, 48 different really cool drawings and diagrams included and sprinkled throughout its pages. Why such a wealth of visual aids? And what are one or two of your favorite images in the book and why? The, the pictures are really important simply because you know, picture tells a thousand words. It's much easier. Most of us, you know, a lot of people, most of us learn visually. And, uh, and and it's also providing simple, sticky and reproducible tools for people to pass on to others. All right, Nick. Well, thank you so much. And uh, I'm anxious to, you know, see people's response to the book. I hope they'll jump in on that. I, I have to tell everybody, like, this I don't see very often. But if people get the book, like right now, Nick has pulled together a ton of other resources, like $250 worth of bonus stuff, like all kinds of cheat sheets and training and all those images I told you about, like in high def, so you can use them for your own training, throw them up on slides and, you know, preaching and all that. And so people can go to reimaginechurch.info, reimaginechurch.info, and they'll be able to, you know, get all that stuff, like just buy a copy of the book and then go to, you know, and the links are all on that same site and then fill it out and boom. I mean, it's, it's super simple and be sent right to you. Now tell us a little bit about Nick before we go, tell us a little bit about the work of Kairos Connection in the UK. Love to do that. Kairos Connection, it's K-A-I-R-O-S and connection, dot org is the website. And it's a network of leaders and churches that are really trying to live out this life on mission together because it's a challenging life. It's, you know, the easy, the easy way of doing church is put on a good show on a Sunday, optional midweek groups, Bob's your uncle. You know, the life we've chosen is the life, the way Jesus lived. And that it's a challenging one. We need the support and connection with each other to learn and grow together. So it's a network of leaders and churches that meet together for encouragement. We do training. We do networking. We do coaching online. We run huddles for, for church leaders, and yeah, and we, we simply try and help churches that want to go on this journey. And we, we, people can connect with us through the website, and we'd, we'd love to make have a conversation, see any way that we can serve you in what you're doing in the UK. Again, you get $250 worth of bonuses when you buy the book now at www.reimaginechurch.info. Uh, and you can also visit the Kairos Connection by going to kairosconnection.org. Yeah, then that's, that's you know, Nick helping train people and train organizations and church in discipleship and mission. And he's obviously amazing. Yeah, so it. you got to be yeah. in the UK for that, but there you go. <laughs> hey, Nick, one of the things that we often do on the show is ask our guests to provide us with maybe three tangible takeaways that people can walk away with right now from the episode. We call them the Big Three, and you can get a copy of the download of the Big Three by going to 123lifeschool.com forward slash episode 186. Uh, Nick, what would you say the big three are for this week? <laughs> Number one is focusing our our understanding of church on the call to go and make disciples. Are we doing that? Is Are, are we leading church prioritizing the making of disciples who make disciples? That's number one. It's a, the belief thing, the head thing. The heart thing would be, uh, you know, am I living my life for my for my needs, for significance, for security, for the worth that others give me by their opinion of me, or am I living it for the king? That'd be the the heart one, bit of a challenging one. The practical one, you know, I just, the thing that comes to mind is how are you doing finding people of peace? It's the most fun thing in the world to do. And I want to encourage you, if you're not already 
you know, in, integrated into a group, a whole bunch of non-Christian friends, people who don't yet know Jesus, find a place to go and do that, whether it's a coffee shop or a pub or a gym or the school gates or the park, wherever it might be, start to invest in the lives of non-Christians and asking the Holy Spirit to lead you to who are people of peace. And and just by the way, two of those two little videos, which will be on that reimaginechurch.info free bonus section, will talk about how to find people of peace and how to share your story in a way that helps you discover whether they're people who are leaning in to the gospel and who you can, you can invest more deeply with. Because the reason I say that is because it is the thing that brings the greatest joy, not just to evangelists, but to every believer, knowing that you're connecting with God's purpose in that way. Nick, I, time is so <laughs> slipping away, as it always does. We try to keep the show moving and pack it, and you have helped us pack it. So I just want to say thank you, brother. It's always, always a pleasure being with you and being with your family. Please say hi to everybody back home. I love them. You know I do. Talk to you soon, man. It's been great to be with you, and uh, God bless you, those who are listening. Again, if you want a couple links to what Nick's doing over there in the UK... They'll I, all be in the, the notes. Yep, in the Too show notes. Too hard to remember. We'll make sure they're all in the show notes to both get the book at the best price, get the $250 in bonus stuff. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, why wouldn't you? Like, seriously, it's so much awesome Which is stuff. 189 pounds of, it, of yeah, bonus per, material in today's <laughs> currency exchange. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Again, you can get more information if you go to reimaginechurch.info or by kairosconnection.org. Those are some really great ways to get plugged into what Nick's doing. We'd like to thank you for joining us today, but unfortunately, we are out of time. If you yep. want the big three takeaways, you can get those for free by going to 123lifeschool.com forward slash episode 186. And if you haven't joined us yet on the Facebook group, just go up to facebook.com, type in the search bar, Life School Podcast. And you know what? If you have not done this yet, would you open up your iTunes? And, and if it's on your phone, it's super easy. Yeah. Um, and dial up, you know, Life School Podcast and go ahead and rate us. Give us a bunch of stars. Yeah. And could you give us a little review? It doesn't have to be super long, but we love them. And if you've been noticing, we tend to read those on the show. On the show. So appreciate that. Out. Hey, what's up next week? So next week we're going to talk about why Jesus didn't make disciples in a classroom. Hmm. He didn't? No. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> They're pushing around just like loads of chairs and stuff. Yeah. Like this chalk, right. Who's playing that chalk prank on me again? <laughs> we hope you join us for that. You can get more information on this podcast by visiting 123lifeschool.com forward slash podcast. Thank you.